0: everybody and welcome back or welcome to I Don't Care the Podcast. I have a feeling we might have some new listeners this week just based on the title of this episode. That is right. Today we are doing it. We are gonna do it. We're gonna talk about sex. If you're watching, I have a really funny book beside me that says sex, how to do everything. And I thought I would take it out for this podcast episode. Um, But that's not going to be until later. We've got a lot to discuss um, until we talk about sex. So let's just jump right in to my I don't care of the week. Just because I know everybody wants the good stuff. So let's just skim through the boring stuff. So my I don't care this week is is um, I had it I had an I don't care and now I don't remember um, my I don't care is uh, well right now in this moment I'm hot this um, bodysuit that I'm wearing for the people watching you can see it's pretty but um, it's really hot it's super thick and I have lights on me and so I'm right now I'm just really hot um, Oh, but another I don't care this week is um, just self-consciousness. We all have it. We all have days where we feel more insecure than other days. We all have days where we question ourselves. We lack motivation. Whatever it might be that we're beating ourselves up on, it can be a hard thing to deal with then it can be hard to understand that there is another side once you're out of the once you're in that nitty-gritty it's really hard to understand that you can get out of it and yesterday i was having one of those days of just um i was just really hard on myself and those days happen often but it's how and what do i tell myself to get out of that mind frame For me, I like to say stuff, okay, if I'm insecure about um, something on my body, I'm like, okay, but why? Because really, you're gorgeous. And when you look at yourself, it doesn't look weird, you look fine, whatever the heck, um, everything functions as it should. I'm grateful for this body, and this body has provided me a lot. Now, mind you, sometimes you have to say it a bunch of times to actually hear it. And sometimes you can just be saying it. And then that other part of you is like, yeah, I don't really actually give a shit about the positive right now. I just want to feel the negative. Um, so you just got to kind of find whatever works for you. But just somehow you do have to get yourself onto the positive train again, because that's where that's where you want to be you want to be thinking positive thoughts uh so that's my I don't care of the week uh let's just jump right in because why stall any longer so we're gonna start this first section of the podcast talking about childhood traumas and like this isn't a pity party this isn't boohoo anyone this isn't this is just me talking about my life. And if you want to feel bad for me, like literally don't. Okay, I hate that. Please don't. Um, and if you don't, awesome. Great. And then we're going to talk about sex because wha, social media and the public eye has weaponized sex so much that it should be talked about so we are going to do that and let's just get into my first um kind of it's not so much a trauma but it has like fucked with my perception of marriage let's talk about that so growing up um you know my mom and my dad had I don't know, I don't really have too many memories of their marriage specifically. Um, Just more towards the end of it, like the last year of it, it was um, not great. There were lots of arguments over nothing and my dad started them all and, you know, it would be that my mom made dinner that he didn't actually want to eat or that the food didn't taste as good as he wanted it to or I don't even know like it would just be stupid arguments over nothing and he would blow up so big that he would just leave then you know obviously that leaves my mom upset embarrassed that you know these things are happening in front of her children So, yeah, the last year was pretty much full of those kinds of arguments. Those little, not little, they were big, blown out of proportion arguments and fights over literally nothing. Eventually, near the end of 2011, my dad moved out and he went to go live with his friend, his bestie at the time. And uh, he, yeah, so then it was just me, my mom, and my brother living here for a month or two or three. A period of time um, at the end of the year slash like New Year. Um, so that's what was happening. So I had this kind of... I, 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 I don't even want to say their relationship has tarnished my view on marriage because their relationship didn't. It wasn't, it wasn't that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be married. That wasn't it. For me, I grew up watching a lot of my family members have fights with their significant other. And sure, you know every couple fights and argues absolutely however the extent of these fights were crazy like they got physical most of them always ended up being physical and again like this isn't this isn't something that I'm seeing every single day because it wasn't happening in my household it wasn't between my mom and my dad this was when we would go to other relatives house houses um so you know uh, and again it could be a stupid fight about i don't even know like a dish being dirty still or something just so stupid or it could be something big like it didn't matter the scale of what they were arguing about it just for me was okay so when you have an argument and it escalates it's always first is always gonna escalate first of all and then as it gets worse and worse the physical side of it happens and it doesn't matter if it's the man to the female or the female to the man anyone could be physical like this so that was my first like, whoa, that's crazy. And, you know, I'm. it would be such a normal. It wasn't ever scary for me to watch. It wasn't ever, you know, something that I thought in the moment was a trauma to see. But obviously now as an adult looking back and knowing the world more how I know it now... That obviously was a trauma. Like, no kid should watch people hit each other, smash plates in each other's heads, and, like, do some crazy fucked up shit like that. Like, no kid should have to see that. And then, you know, have an image of marriage and relationships based on that. So, yeah, yeah, to say that my... POV of what a a marriage looks like is bright and bubbly and makes me want one. Like, no, that's not at all how it is. But I also don't want to get married not just because of those reasons of, you know, my childhood trauma. It just doesn't excite me. The idea of marriage is just um, an idea. It's not anything interesting. It's not something I long for. I obviously want to be in a loving committed relationship but I don't think you need to be no I know that you don't need to be married in order to be in one um I actually think that marriage is holding too much pressure on a couple to live a certain way and I don't fuck with that I don't want that nobody can you know Put pressures on me and I'm going to fall to them. Now, if somebody makes me change my mind and I fall head over heels and I want to get married, sure. But the idea of marriage isn't beautiful and romantic and happy. It's just like it, it claustrophobic, like you're trapped. And then now you share finances with them and, like, they could also just end up being abusive, and what? It's such a hard process to leave them. Um, the most I want to do is have a common law marriage, because at least that way everything can stay separate for the most part, and separation is way easier, and you don't need to get la- lawyers involved unless you have kids and stuff, which is another thing I don't want is kids but we'll dedicate a full episode on my reasons f- for why I do not want children and why I think they actually suck so bad I hate I really 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 don't like children I really don't they're <clears throat> anyways we're not they anyways we are not going to get into that today um yeah so there there's been a lot of things just that I've seen As a kid that most kids should not see most kids shouldn't see family members hurting each other physically or verbally and I saw it all and um, there was one night specifically that I will remember uh, forever which was um, someone in my family got married And we were staying at a relative's house that night because it was closer to the venue than to come all the way back home because we live further than everyone else. So me, my mom, and my brother were staying at this relative's house. And uh, this was just about a month, maybe even less, um, after my dad passed away. So the whole family at this point was very vulnerable, was very sad. It was very on edge, dealing with grief, learning how to adapt and get comfortable in our new life. Uh, So, but this wedding still had to go on. So we all celebrated. We all had a good night. We went back to this relative's house pretty much just to sleep. But as we were in bed, you know, falling asleep, We could hear um, some other relatives that were downstairs starting to argue. And things escalated. Um, You could hear that things were getting violent. And um, at some point, I don't remember all the details exactly of the events and how they went down. But at some point, um, the female runs upstairs and uh me my mom my brother the relatives and that woman run into the master bedroom we lock the door and we barricade the door so that the person that is in this situation the abuser cannot get in and they are banging on the door screaming just out of their mind of course there's the element of alcohol right that that's never an excuse but i'm just saying that that intensifies things so there was that level and this person was so angry and the woman was crying you can tell that she had just been hit um gosh everybody was just like a mess um, I can't there's more that I want to say but there's there's like I'm trying to really keep I'm not trying to go into detail about who anyone is so I'll just leave it at that but um, that night was obviously traumatizing like to have to go in a room with your relatives barricade a door from another relative to stop them from hurting us or that woman and then having the police be called and come and having this be a whole ordeal after we just celebrated somebody's marriage and just had a, a beautiful day to be ended like this. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't great for anybody involved. Um, but again, like at that point in my life, I was... Ten years old. And I just experienced all of that that night. You know, by ten years old, I had seen a lot of physical abuse. I had seen a lot of verbal abuse. I had gone through my dad's death, which we're we're about to get into. And I I have been through bullying at school, and then me being the bully and. At that point, by the time I was 10 years old, I lived a life of of a 30-year-old. Like, I went through a lot. And I love the experiences that I... I mean, okay. I don't love the things that I just explained. But I loved, you know, the things that I got to experience. Disneyland trips, school life, um you know, dancing and all of that stuff. Like, I did have a really good life. Uh, It's just that there was this darkness, you know, looming over it that I didn't actually see until I got older and you start to reflect back and look back and see all the signs and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I've, as a child, I saw a lot and... Let's get into my dad's death. Now, again, the whole events of it all, the whole story can be saved for another episode because it's it's a big chunk of my life. I mean, it was such a short period of time. He had cancer for four months. So really, it was a short period of time. But those four months changed my life. They changed my life. I mean people's lives get flipped upside down in in a matter of moments. So it doesn't matter how short, how long, people's lives get affected in a second. So you just kind of have to like you're always on edge. Just always be on edge everybody. Um don't don't actually live your life. But so I guess I'll start with um as a kid for four months of your life going between school friends or relatives houses that are taking care of you because mom has to be with dad at the hospital Um, and then also so going between school the hospital and whoever's house I was sleeping at that night was my life in grade three and it was near, well, we found out he had cancer in February and he passed away in June. January, February, March, April, May, June. So, like, five, five, no, it was four months because we found out, it was four months pretty much exactly because we found out February 14th that he had cancer and he passed away June 16th. So, almost exactly four months. Um, And... I yeah so for four months that was my life school hospital and whoever's house I'm staying at and that was it was it was an experience I mean again at that point I was nine I was nine years old so I did not understand the severity of anything so it was kind of a little fun to live life differently and to go to all these different people's houses and have all these sleepovers with people and you know for a week at a time I might stay at my cousin's house and have so much fun with them or my best friend's house for the weekends or my grandma's house or so for me it was that aspect of it was really fun oh whose house am I gonna stay at tonight when do I get to stay at home who's gonna watch us at home um it was a lot of that and all the adults did a really good job of putting on a smile around me and my brother and you know hey everything's gonna be okay obviously everything wasn't okay but all the adults who took care of us loved us so much and just wanted us to have a good time with them. And we did. And, and they knew that we were, our lives were going to be so much different in a matter of time. So yeah, as fun as the sleepovers were school was not fun not for at-home reasons but because we had a fill-in teacher and she hated my guts and she gave me a really hard time and she was really mean to me and she put a lot of pressures on me meanwhile i can't really focus on school as much as everyone else because Well, my dad is in the hospital and when I'm not at school, I go to the hospital to visit him and homework wasn't on the forefront of my brain. Um, Multiplication wasn't the thing I was worried about the most gym class. I didn't give a fuck about like I, I wasn't I couldn't be focused in school as much as everyone else because shit was not good at home so the teachers obviously were aware of the situation but this one teacher just didn't like me and even though things were happening at home in my personal life it didn't mean that she gave me any special treatment Uh, actually she treated me worse than everybody else so I remember struggling at school because not only was I getting bullied by certain people, but the teacher also was really, really mean to me and would make me cry because I wrote my name on the wrong side and the date on the wrong side and that they needed to be switched because she was really particular on what side the date goes on, what side the the name goes on, and then how you're supposed to write the date was supposed to be a very specific way. And if I ever messed it up, I'd get in so much trouble and so I, I felt so much pressure to write my fucking name right and the date right that I would do it wrong and then be yelled at because I wrote my name on the wrong side and the date on the wrong side and I didn't dot the date where I should have and I didn't comma the date where I should like do you so school wasn't enjoyable either. I had friends and that part was obviously enjoyable but overall it wasn't because I was being harped on the most at least it felt that way she might have been a bitch to all the students but I felt like it was targeted at me so yeah that was school life and then the hospital life was boring you know you go to the hospital you spend time with dad you talk to him you hang out with him and then what? you know, when we were at the hospital, we were at the hospital for hours and hours and hours. We would eat hospital food or the McDonald's or Tim. I know there was a Tim Hortons right across the street from one of the main hospitals we stayed at. Um, we would eat out whatever we were kind of in the mood for because obviously nobody's cooking homemade food for you at the hospital. And We would just spend hours there, you know. Sometimes we got to know the other patients. Sometimes we didn't. Uh, They had TVs there, so we would watch TV. And we, you know, you just kind of had to live there for some time and just get comfortable. And okay, this is where Dad is now. So when we want to see him, we have to come to the hospital because. He's not home very much anymore because we don't have the resources at home to take care of him. So that was something else. I never throughout this whole time and even after, I never really understood what cancer was. I never really understood the severity of him having cancer, stage four cancer. And um. Again, like, you're nine. You're not supposed to know these things at nine years old. So I didn't. And it's not like, oh, dad has cancer, I understand now. I didn't even understand when he passed. It took years until I really understood, oh, this is what cancer is. Obviously, I knew what uh, cancer existed because... I go to school in Port Coquitlam, and Terry Fox lived in Port Coquitlam. And so we do big Terry Fox things at all these schools because this was where Terry Fox went to school. And so we had to we had to learn about him and all of this stuff. So I knew cancer existed. I just didn't know what it meant. So then he died the day before Father's Day. He died June 16, 2012 father's day was june 17 so (laughs) me and my brother had made him father's day gifts yeah and he never he never got to open them he never got to see them because he passed away the my father's day gift it was awful anyways it was um in class we made like toilet paper roll castles so i i was i was gonna show him that i was gonna bring him the toilet paper castle roll and francesco had made him a really thoughtful scrapbook which we still have um and those stayed by the front door they stayed by the front door because they didn't get to make it to him because father's day he wasn't here anymore so that was Again, that was something that I didn't fully understand until much later on. But yeah, that bites. So he passed away and we had the funeral. The biggest funeral I have ever witnessed in my life. I'm sure the biggest funeral lots of people ever witnessed. It The church was packed. People had to wait outside. And... The burial took hours. It wasn't a burial because he went in the wall. But that ceremony took hours because individually, each family is coming to give you hugs and your condolences. And it it was an overwhelming day. It was so many people. My principal from my elementary school came. Um, Teachers, like one of my teachers from elementary school came like people showed up because my dad made an impression on everyone he was just the kind of guy you loved so lots of people showed up and um it was an over it was so overwhelming and such a a a busy loud just day um and that's not so, so like that I don't a couple weeks after maybe a week after I don't know it it wasn't long after he passed away that you do a funeral um and then I don't even know how else to explain it over time you just get comfortable you adapt to the new world you figure things out you you learn how to move on how to do everything without that person how to get comfortable with them not being around you you just figure it out like you can't dwell on it forever they're not here anymore you can't keep wishing that one morning you're gonna wake up and they are that's just not reality that's never gonna happen unless you die so there was no dwelling okay we have school still we gotta finish that we got it a little bit of time left okay we still have friends we need to see them okay we still have after school activities that we've got to do we still have weekends that we have to do whatever we need to do like there was still life just because someone passes away doesn't mean everything stops maybe for a moment but then everything goes right back to normal and yeah You know, some people are easier on you than others for a little bit because you just went through something terrible. But that only lasts a little bit too. And then it goes right back to, okay, it's been enough time you should be in a a comfortable enough spot. So, yeah, it's life after someone passes away, it's still normal. You still have to do all those things. It's just you're not doing them with that person anymore. So life changes in that aspect of the things I used to do with my dad like go on car rides in his Porsche with the top down blasted music that doesn't happen anymore. Going to the gym with him doesn't happen anymore. Um, Going to you know Seattle all the time doesn't happen. Going to trips all the time with him, whether small or big ones, that doesn't happen anymore. like those things don't happen anymore, but the structure of life still does, so I don't know it's 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 kind of a mind fuck of a thing to go through, but the show must go on. You can't just fall apart. I mean you can, but you have to pick yourself back up eventually. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I I can do a full episode if people want on like the actual timelines of everything and start from the beginning and, and kind of make my way. But that's like that was a, a childhood trauma and I don't even need to explain it. Like losing your parent at such a young age obviously is a trauma and something to work through. But I did work through it. And I did come out on the other side. And you know I, I do things for myself. And I know that if I live my true form of a happy life. That he, I know he would be proud of me. I don't make decisions based on what I think his opinions would be. I make decisions on what will make me happy because I know ultimately that him and my mom just want me to be happy just want my brother to be happy so that you know some people might say oh you you'd make your dad so disappointed if he knew you did that well I don't care he can be disappointed my mom's disappointed in me sometimes oh well I'm disappointed in people sometimes I'm disappointed in myself sometimes who cares? Sometimes you just need those moments. But if I do something and I'm proud of what I did and it makes somebody else disappointed, then that I I I don't care. That's on them because I do things um that are best for me. So that's the whole dad situation and that trauma. Um now trauma is a big word, but I, these things that I'm saying are traumas. They are things that kids shouldn't have to deal with. They're things that you don't wish children to see or be a part of. Um, they're big. They're adult problems. So pretty much, childhood traumas are adult problems being dealt by children. So. Essentially, I had to grow up pretty fast and I matured quite quickly because of these situations that I've been through. I mean, you don't go through a death of a parent and then still act super immature and reliant on both parents. You can't anymore. You have to you have to become more independent because you don't have two parents anymore. All of the pressure gets put on one parent. So you try to be mature and smarter about decisions so you can, you can try and be that second parent for yourself so you're not always forcing your single parent to do all the work. So yeah, me and my brother had to mature more quickly than most kids because we had to learn how to help around more help with chores more, help with um, ourselves, like babysitting ourselves, being home alone more. Like everything had to just shift slightly in our attitudes and behavior because we needed to survive. So since I was in grade three and that situation happened with my dad, I hadn't had a regular childhood since. I had to just grow up and I didn't get to experience all the same things that people my age got to experience because that's just not what I was able to experience. So I remember growing up, always listening to people talking about their childhoods and me being like, well, I had that up until this point. And then after that point, it just it couldn't be that way anymore. So that was a change. And, um, obviously I would have loved to experience a childhood more, obviously, with my dad, but that's just not what, what was in our books, so you just had to learn, adapt, and, and figure it out and do it. That's all you literally could do. Now, this isn't so much a trauma, but it did affect my relationship with food. Um, my relationship with food is unhealthy because I don't eat healthy. <laughs> Not because it's like, I, anyway, let me explain. So when I was a kid, um, my mom would make meals and then I usually didn't like them because they were healthy and they had vegetables and I was never a big meat person. I never really liked, you know, Pork and and beef because it was just so thick and chewy and I hated that. I loved pork and like sausages. I loved that. But I like ribs. I hate ribs. Steak. Get it away from me. Like that type of meat I hate and I hated it since the beginning. But I wasn't allowed to leave the table unless I finished the food on my plate. Or I finished what I was told to eat. So there was a lot of nights where I sat at that table for hours. At least it felt like hours for me. Hours and hours just poking at the food on my plate while my brother got to go play because he finished all his food. But I hated it so I had to sit there and just like cry because I didn't want to eat it because I didn't like it. Not because my mom made it bad, just because I don't like healthy food and I don't like meats. So that, that, I just, I think it's kind of like, it's funny. It's not a trauma. It didn't affect me. It didn't bother me. But it definitely uh, proves my point that I've been a picky eater from the get-go and that I still now struggle to eat healthy food i won't i don't eat healthy food i don't think it's good and so my relationship with food is not is not great i should be eating healthier i should be trying more i just i i think most food is disgusting i don't eat lunch because what are you gonna eat like why eat lunch when you could just have a bigger dinner. And for breakfast, I've been having shakes, some healthy shakes to give me my vitamins and nutrients that I 100% am lacking otherwise. So I try, I try, I try to eat better. But let's not get carried away on that conversation. That's my childhood traumas, everyone. Let's talk about sex. Growing up, i watched van wilder american pie i would watch uh the halloween movies scream i'd watch all these rated r movies and it was never a problem hall pass um gosh what else uh literally anything there was never any restrictions on what i could watch with my mom and my dad uh yeah whatever they watched we watched um bones me and my dad would go to bed watching bones or csi we'd go to bed like right before i'd go to sleep that's what we would watch together so there were no restrictions on what we could watch which is what i love and if i ever do have children which i don't want i would also allow them to watch whatever because um it's not that big of a deal but what is a problem is the way that pop culture makes people think sex is like right because they make sex seem like it's hot and steamy and perfect and super sexy and it goes seamlessly and you just like start making out aggressively and then your clothes come off and then boom, you're just having a good time. There's like no awkwardness. There's no questions. There's no conversation. You just know what the heck to do. And that, that level of perfection does not exist. Not in real life and not when it comes to sex. So, that perception of sex and that expectation that movies and TV and songs and porn all makes people think is real life and reality actually just causes immense, immense insecurities and self-doubt because it's probably two percent chance that sex is gonna be the way it's portrayed on tv in real life it is so rare like maybe if you're drunk and you like you know there's a one night stand and you're like oh my god this is amazing but the chances are that that's like a stable thing is rare um it just it it makes everyone have this view of sex and then you know, one party can be insecure about themselves and their performance. And then on top of it, now there's this fear of what's their expectations of me when it comes to sex. Do they expect me to be as sexy and vulgar as the women on TV are? Um, Or vice versa, do the women expect the men to be as um stern and and aggressive and whatever as they're portrayed on tv like there's that false sense of reality that social media and pop culture has put into young minds of what sex should be like and that is so beyond toxic because I mean, we all know it's not like that. It's not it's not TV. We all would love it to be like TV, but it's just not at all like that. Also, I forgot now would be a good time for my mother specifically to just not listen to it. I don't think you you need to know my opinions or, or um just go, just go, just leave, <laughs> okay. Now that I hope she left and isn't still sneakily listening to this mother um let's get into mindset I mean now that there's this expectation of what sex should be like and how magical it should be and how perfect it should be and how it should just feel good and that it shouldn't be awkward and that we're gonna have the best time of our lives and it's gonna be the best thing ever and nothing is gonna top the moments that you have sex and that it's gonna be just perfect now that there's that expectation of what it's going to be like, the mindset that you have, knowing you're going to do it, knowing you're going to maybe lose your virginity or just have sex again, or just mm-hmm. just that mindset of either it's moments before, hours before, seconds before, during, is it's a lot. You you would kind of hope or expect because TV makes you think that you're not thinking of anything during sex and that you're just thinking about how great it is and how much of a good time you're having. But that's so not true. At least like not for me. I have the busiest mind ever. My mind is just like it's like a spider web. and, And I'm like, why? I never think this hard. Why am I thinking this hard right now? Like, what? Why am I... F- I'm thinking of every insecurity I've ever had in my entire life. I'm wondering, you know, is this good enough? Oh, should I do it better? Oh, I suck. Do they like me? Um, What the fuck are we even doing right now? Um, There's just, like, all those insecurities and worries. And it just distracts you from what sex is which is just like an intimate moment between two people where it 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 really should be a judgment-free zone but it's not and not because I'm judging the other person or they're judging me but because we're probably really judging ourselves the hardest and in that moment it shouldn't be that and yet it always is. So why shouldn't it be that way? Because TV makes it seem like it's not. But um, in reality, you're gonna, it's the most vulnerable thing that two people can do together, right? And you're naked for each other, like doing some, some, some weird shit. And it's, yeah it's a really vulnerable thing so of course you're gonna feel insecure you're gonna question yourself you're gonna wonder what are they thinking what are they expressing what are they feeling do they like this and as awkward as it is and something I suck at doing is that communication like hey is this cool do you like that do you want to move on what do you want to do like am I good like all this stuff should be a part of that process Um, because then you can learn about each other more and you can grow and get better each time. But like for me, I don't, I suck at that because that's like scary and vulnerable is not only am I already being vulnerable, but now I got to like express my feelings in the middle of this shit. Like that's just, it's a lot and it's intense, but realistically it is what we should be trying to do right luna what do you think have you had sex luna no good you're a little baby she shouldn't um yeah so it there's like that fear base kind of thing it's like it's a scary awkward stressful thing thing especially when you're not comfortable with that person you want to please one another but you want to have a good time and so for me when I um I just try to relax my mind as much as possible I try to just like be in the moment and just like throw my thoughts away because that's what we have to well not what we have to do but I you don't want to ruin a good time because you're fearing yourself for the situation or you're thinking of what you've watched in the past and how you you're not meeting those expectations but all of it is bullshit all those expectations are bullshit what matters is you and the person that you're with and and learning and figuring out each other's things and just playing around, having a good time, like really. That's what it should be. And there can be that level of comparison, you know, especially if, you know, that person's been with multiple people. There might be like, "Oh, well, you know, am I as good as their last? Am I do they find me as attractive as their last person? Um are they thinking about that person right now?" Like especially if that person came out of a relationship. I mean, Like, there's got to be those fears and wonders and concerns and questions and all of those things. It's human. It's in our human nature to worry and to be stressed. But I feel like personally, it's not the right time or place. And yet it's the moment where it happens because, again, you're just so vulnerable in that moment Um, And then there's the other aspect, the worst part, which is like replaying the events in your brain over and over and over again after everything's happened. The first time you're like, oh, actually, things went well. And then the more you start to replay things and think things over and go into more detail into your brain and then start to wonder what they were thinking and what their experience was and then you're like wait that thing was weird why did I do that and like the more you replay the situation the worse it gets for you trust me that's how it is like the, the more you replay the events before during and after you're like fuck why am i like that and maybe not maybe not everybody's like this but for me the more i think about it the worse it gets the more embarrassed i feel the more i'm like why did i do that um so uh my my thing is just i'm not gonna think about things i'm not gonna replay anything because that's toxic for me but you know what i'm aware that that's toxic and the biggest thing is to be aware of the way that that any situation makes you feel and then to wonder why do I feel so worried and stressed is it because of social media because of porn because of movies and tvs and how they portray everything like it really comes down to that right like that's the root of so many insecurities is well, that's how I used to, that's what it looks like. Why doesn't it look like that in real life? Because they're actors. They're actors playing pretend. His ding-a-ling didn't even touch her pee-pee in the movies. They're not even doing it. They're actors with cameras and directors and video. There's like at least 30 people watching these, this sex scene happen right in the same room. It's not real. The same way we all know horror movies aren't real, we should watch sex scenes knowing the same thing. And I say this, and yet I have also fallen victim to the scheme, the the pressures of social media, you know, the fucking shit we see on TV. It's fake. I'm here to say it. It's fake. Fake. So... You know, I think you just gotta find someone, be comfortable, learn their ways, communicate, and maybe through all that you can role play TV. I don't know whatever your kink is. Um, I just yeah, it's not it's not as glamorous. It's God, it's not glamorous at all. It's actually very not (laughs) clamorous it's not it's so awkward you know it's so awkward and these days people are doing it younger and younger and younger and younger and younger and younger so um ah, I don't even know what to tell you guys uh I'm not gonna go into detail specifically of me and my experiences not yet at least maybe one day but honestly probably not because my mom listens to these and I, I just the thought of her listening to this right now and just like knowing like anything at all is really it's making me sweat i'm sweating right now um i really hope she turned it off when i cuz i can't like like the last thing i want is for her to be like i i listen to your podcast why don't you I, like I don't like look I'm not we're not Ginny and Georgia we're not Lorelai and and Rory um, it, that's just she's my mom you know what I mean like she's my mom I'm the daughter we're not besties that's so Um, like we're friends but we're not besties like that you know what I mean so uh, uh, yeah I just hope she turned it off but behind me, I do have a sex book that I mentioned earlier, and it's it's crazy. Like, I don't even think I can show you guys this stuff because it's a wild book. I bought it years ago because I thought it was funny. Like, I'm literally, for the people watching and for the people listening, I'm just showing a picture, a page full of dildos. Like, it's a very like let's let me let me list to you guys some of the dildos we got a vibrating g-spot toys we got g-spotted a- attachments come hither g-spot toy rockin g-spot okay this is all g-spot stuff we got a back massager vibe we got bullets we got pocket vibes we got pebbles multi-vibe in one fiber vibe Bendable vibe. I didn't know that was a thing. Metal? Metal? Some of you are putting metal up there? Huh. A classic vibrator. Or or origamic vibes? Interesting. Realistic. Oh my god, my mom's calling me right now. Hello? Hi, honey hi how are you doing i'm recording my podcast uh, uh, excuse me I'm so tired mm-hmm. what's the podcast on today uh it's on um childhood traumas and sex oh yeah okay yeah you, you know lots about that Uh, no. Oh, okay. So just open for discussion? No, it's about, like, my life. Um, trauma, I get, but sex, I don't understand. That's okay, you don't have to listen to the whole episode. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to find anything out on the podcast, am I? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Hi. You're ignoring me? No, you're just going to have to, I guess, listen. Okay. All right. Love you, honey. Love you. Bye. Bye. Well, she's a good sport. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just society has put a lot of pressures on women and men to think that sex is just this perfect thing. And it's, I just, it's not, it's never going to be like, how it is on TV, it can be fantastic for people for sure. And like, I think it gets like that when you have that comfortableness with someone and experience with them and stuff. But or it's a a drunken one night stand. Like, I think it's that. Like, but when you're having when you're experiencing it with someone for the first time, together it's it's fucking awkward like there's just there's no being around it's awkward you're in your head things don't go right because i oh my god like you have to pee right like you have to pee before you obviously have to pee after but depending on, on how long events are taking place you need to pee again and it's so there's like there's like you it's just like you know yeah uh, it's not easy breezy lemon squeezy. And we're gonna end it on that note. And um just have a good time, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>